0: I'll lend support so you can create the MFR practice you've always wanted. Learn how you can do it too, even if you live in a tiny town, and even if you're just starting out, and even if you've ran your practice for years. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the MFR Coaches Podcast. I am doing an interview today with one of my coaching students, Kristen Kunzelman. Kristen is a certified massage therapist. She's the owner of Pacific Myofascial Release in Burlingame, California, which is in the San Francisco Bay area. Kristen has been coaching with me. I think you did two rounds, right? We started in July and and then did you, and you went right into the next round, right? The November round. Okay. So we know each other. She made me a spreadsheet of all of the things she learned during coaching. So I am, I'm kind of impressed with myself, but I'm also impressed with her ability to make spreadsheets. So. This is going to be a fun episode. Welcome to the episode, Kristen. Thanks so much for having the courage to come on here and talk to all of us. How are you doing? Thanks, Heather. I am nervous, but excited to be here. Yes, this is going to be great. Okay. Why don't you tell everybody kind of your background? Like what were you doing before you became an MFR therapist? I think your whole journey to become one is really interesting. So share that information with us.
1: Yeah, I have a different background than a lot of people that I've gotten to know through MFR so I was in a completely different field. I was teaching music in the public schools. I was a middle school and high school band director and loved it. I wanted to be that since I was 16 and loved my students, loved conducting, loved music, but I was burned out. I was clinically burned out, diagnosed by a therapist you know, years before I stopped teaching, probably six or seven years, and just wanted to keep going, keep going. So I knew I had to do something else, but I didn't know what that something else was. And I needed it to be really meaningful and help people. So that was kind of all going on. And then I had three neck injuries over five years. So the first one was in 2014. I was walking through a parking lot, got backed into by a car. So I was hit as a pedestrian and neck injuries and whiplash, concussion. I kind of healed from that, you know, doing PT and Cairo and all that. And I was hit, they had me sub for PE, which is one of the joys of being a teacher is that they make you work and teach other people's classes on your free time, which read not free time, but working all the time, time. And I was hit on the head with a basketball, a kid shot a three-pointer and clearly and totally missed and it hit me and I didn't see it coming. And it re-injured whiplash, concussion. And I just, I had never felt the same anyway, since my first accident. And I was kind of fed up with, you know, the cycle of all the, trying all these things and nothing working. And so I looked around online and I found someone in San Francisco that had these amazing reviews. I was like, okay, I don't care what she does. I'm just going to go see her. And it turns out she was doing myofascial release, you know, and I didn't, I didn't care what MFR was. I just knew I was in pain all the time and not myself. And so she was amazing. Helped me so much. And then 2019, I was rear ended on the highway coming home one day and uh, same thing again. And, you know, but instead, this time I walked straight into her office, you know, the next day and knew how to have her get me better. And so it was great. And in the pandemic, uh, you know, public school working was crazy. It was actually a nonprofit at that point doing music in the schools, still trying to find a way to not be burned out. And she moved, and she moved away out of the state, and I was devastated. <laughs> I was like, "She's my person." It's like your hairdresser, or, you know, whoever yeah. you got really close to, and I was so bummed. And then after a couple of weeks, I was like, "Okay, I just gotta buckle down and find someone else." And then I was really shocked. I thought there were MFR therapists everywhere, and there really aren't. And even in our area, we're blessed to have several, but it's not that many, and they're not, you know, right next door. And so I was really bummed. But then a few days later, I was like, wait, there's not that many MFR therapists. Like maybe I could do what she did. <laughs> yeah. And so I would start researching in the afternoons and I was like, how do you become an MFR therapist? And, you know, there's a book online. I was like, oh, great. there's Someone wrote a book on how to become an MFR therapist, you know, and I didn't know you had just published that book. So I thought it'd been out and everybody knew about this. So I was like, been great, out for decades. is so handy. And then I was like, oh, she talked about this guy named John Barnes. Like, I'm going to, oh, he's got a book too. I'll get his book and read. And so I kind of just... Wait oh, a God. minute. So you bought my book before you even knew who John Barnes was? I, I mean, I knew she had mentioned him, but I didn't really know. Like, I went into this to be an MFR therapist.
0: Okay. That's amazing. It's not even hilarious. It's like, that's just amazing. I did not know that. Well, it said, like, how okay. to become an MFR therapist. So I was yeah. like, great. Well, I was like, how to have a myofascial release business. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. And so I bought both of
1: your books and read them. And I was like, I can probably do this. You know, I taught private lessons and essentially had a private lesson business on the side. And my parents were both self-employed. So I had that model growing up. And so I was really... And then I was like, well, okay, how do I do this? And so I found the seminar page on you know the website. And I called Malvern. And I wish I had a recording of this call. Because I was like, can I take seminars? And she's like, well, yeah. And she's like, well, do you have a license? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, what is it? And I was like, teaching? public school music. Yeah. And I could just tell there was like this pause. And she's like, I'm a band director. She had to explain like, Oh, you need to get a license to touch. I was like, what's that? <laughs> you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I did more research and decided, you know, massage therapy is the fastest, you know, most economical way to get, you know, the license to do this. And there's a great school in San Francisco. I loved my school. So then I had discovered your podcast. So I'd go to massage school and um, go on walks, you know, during the day. And I had this great life of not really working too much for a while while I was prepping everything. And yeah. so I'd listen to your podcast through the neighborhood and it was awesome because I could hear other people's stories there. You know, I was, I filed my LLC in January, but I didn't graduate massage school until April.
0: Okay. Is this in 2022?
1: Yes, 2022. So I decided to switch careers, you know, kind of spring, summer of 2021, and then started that fall and then filed in January, started my LLC. So I had this four month lag of like, I have a business, but I can't do my business. So I had, you know, which is very frustrating and kind of luxurious all at the same time. And so I would listen to your podcasts all the time. And I was like, oh, online!" like, you had me sold. I was like, online scheduling, no brainer, do that, mm-hmm. you know, and all these things. And it was really funny day. I was walking, I remember the house I was in front of, you know, it was on your ideal client and I was like, so on board. And you're like, well, who's your ideal client? I was like, everyone. And like, <laughs> I think I even said it out loud because I was just on my walk. And then you're like, it's not everyone. I was like, don't <laughs> so much to <laughs> got it wrong. <laughs> And so, but it was great. All these like game changing things to just think about from the beginning was very cool. And then, you know, your episodes on tell everyone you're an MFR therapist. I was like, awesome. I'll tell everyone I'm becoming an MFR therapist. And So of course, like friends would let you work on them. And I was like, can I practice these new things? I just learned at seminar. And so it was really fun. I graduated in April 15th and opened in May, 2022. And it was great. I got to be really intentional about everything I set up, um, my second month, I made just under seven thousand dollars being open,
0: and you even said like in May you made thirty seven hundred. Uh huh. It was pretty cool. Which is that's like a lot of money. Your first month open,
1: it kind of blew my mind, and the second month blew it more. And yeah. you know, I really credited a couple of things. It was you know all these great tips to integrate from your podcast. I have a wonderful community and network of people that many of them came once, you know, to support me in my new business, which was really wonderful. I don't even think, you know, half of them really like, they they were just there to support me, which was so cool. Yeah, that's great.
0: That's good enough reason.
1: Yeah, it was really fun. Then I, that had kind of run its course. And there was a week in early July that I had three appointments on the books. And I kind of freaked out. And I was like, oh, shit, what am I going to do? Like, you can't, have a sustainable business on three clients a week, at least for where I want to be. Yeah. And that was the the week that I was like, hmm, maybe I should do coaching with Heather. I'll bet I'll learn a lot of things.
0: And this will just really help me take off. I think I remember, did we have a one-on-one call? Was I doing one-on-one calls or was I doing like a question answer that you popped on? You
1: were doing the group ones, but I couldn't get to them. I had stuff going on during all the ones you published. So I kind of asked you if we could just chat real quick.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cause I remember we chatted, right? And like, we did. Yeah. But I had asked you, I was like, I have a couple questions. You were like, I've taken all of your advice from the podcast. I've read your book. Like, what will I get out of coaching? So I had two big questions. And so one of
1: them was like, you're going to make your money back, which I did not ask you. I was at the Dallas, some of the Irving seminars and I, mm-hmm. other therapists were there and they were wearing your shirts. So I was like, Ooh, I'm going to pick their brain. And so they kind of answered that, like, yes, you're going to totally make your money back and totally do it. It's great. You're going to learn so much. Mm-hmm. But the one I asked you is, I didn't know if your coaching was just basically your podcasts in group format. You know, I was like, well, I've already done all this and I don't yeah. want to spend the whole time learning about this again. And so you were very encouraging that it was not just that. And
0: I would get a lot out of it. Yeah. I'm like, the podcast is just my shower thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I said that, but that's kind of true. Yeah. So then I
1: started coaching and it's been amazing.
0: I love it. Okay. So let's just answer that question. Like, what is the difference between the podcast and actually being coached?
1: What I got out of coaching, kind of sum it all up in the first rounds, I feel like I got introduced to all these concepts and you haven't talked about all of them on the podcast. You've talked many of them, Mm -hmm. but you delve in more and then we go through this process on the other end of the light bulb goes off, and you're like, Oh, this thing's going on. But then you start to see where it's showing up so many different places. And some places I feel successful, really integrating a new concept. And other places you get stuck. And then you bring that to you in coaching or in the Facebook group. And it's kind of this repeat cycle of learning something more and more and things you didn't know were actually going on in your psyche or showing up in your psyche. And mm-hmm. so that continual coaching of really integrating the concept is different in coaching. Another thing I just love is that everyone's at different levels and you get something from everybody. Everyone in both coaching groups is just so inspirational and there's people that are more starting, you know, starting out. There's people who haven't even opened yet. There's people that have been doing it for 20 years. And I got the most obviously from people that were further along from me, but I got a lot from the ones that were just a little bit ahead of me, not so much in time. You know, they'd been doing it for 10 years and I was just starting, but in terms of the work they were doing, and I would pay attention to Things that were issues for them, knowing that that's on the horizon for what I want to build, you know. And yeah. one of them just played out, and I think it was September. We had a whole bunch of people that blew my mind, and they made you know ten thousand, eleven thousand, twelve thousand dollars months, and I was so excited, like I want to be that. I totally want to do that. And then the next month, a bunch of them freaked out because they made so much less because they'd sold so many in packages. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, note to self, you might have this amazing month and they might have a low month. Okay. Not a problem. Like that's could just be part of the cycle. And so it saved me a lot of the mental drama. Yeah.
0: Cause some of those people like that weren't expecting that, you know, I say this all the time. I'm like, the money is never going to like actually solve for any other like thoughts you have about money, thoughts you have about your business, thoughts you have about like you know your confidence level and your ability to create create more clients, all of that stuff. People never realize that that's true until they have a 10 or even a $15,000 a month. And then they have an $8,000 a month and they're like, I suck. And it's like, you still made $8,000. Like, remember when it was hard to make 3,000? Like, what's mm-hmm. happening right now? Yeah, so great. And roll spiral out. And then maybe have three months in a row that are kind of crazy depending.
1: Yeah, and I feel like if you capitalize on learning from your peers, there's less of the spiraling out. You have your new spiraling out in your own way of your own thing, but it saves you, you know, spiraling out on everything across the board. The other one that's been really interesting is I was hearing so many people in this last session talk about cancellations. And in my mind, I was like, my clients don't cancel. They're awesome. They just show up and don't miss. And, you know, occasionally someone will get sick. But now that my schedule's booking out, I think my next available appointment is March 23rd. And it's, I don't know what today is, February 15th. It's February 15th today, 2023. So completely booked out. I think there's five appointments left in March. And so people are just scheduling so far out now but now that that's been happening, now the cancellations are showing up. And I was like, oh, this is why, because they had to book so far and now yeah. things change. And so you kind of think you're immune to some things and you're like, oh no, I'm human. These things happen mm-hmm. to me too.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is <laughs> so good. But you have good. the like, insider tip on how to handle it. It's great. <laughs> exactly. And you can plan for it, right? Like you probably have policies in place because you could see where other people didn't and then it affected them. The policies was interesting. I think there's a gift...
1: I'm clearly behind a lot of therapists that have been working in the field for a long time. They have such a knowledge base and experience base mm-hmm. that I don't have and I'm gaining right now. Yep. But there's other random skills that are you know, so helpful for me in my business. And one of those policies, I was like, this is not hard. You just make a policy and then you just enforce it. Yeah. And the sooner you do it, the less painful it is. And
0: it's no brainer
1: But then yeah. I was like, well, you taught middle schoolers for 13 years. Like you have to have, but it's no big deal. You're just, oh, you did X, then Y happens. Like there's yep. just consequences, you know? Yep. So for me, I'm always like, why is this such a problem? I don't know. This is not a problem for me, but then I'm like, I have no idea how long it will take this client to get better. I have no frame of reference for a certain condition or something.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine though. Like it's not, like being a newer therapist and like just not having the years of experience under your belt is not a problem. Mm-hmm. And I love how you haven't ever made that a problem. You're like, Oh, I've been in business since May in December. I'm going to have a $10,000 month. Pretty wild. Yeah. It blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. And that is what happened to you. Like December, 2022, you had $10,710 mm-hmm. cash collected. Yeah. It was crazy.
1: And it happened about a week before the end of the month. So it was like this huge goal in my brain and I made
0: it. And then I just got to enjoy the rest of the month. It was so cool. And then what happened in January? Did you have a low month or like, what was it?
1: I had a lower month, but not by much. And part of the reason why is when I did my rate change, Mm -hmm. all of my current clients that had been with me for a while, they had until January 31st to use the same amount. So I had quite a few clients really capitalize on that at the end of the month and buy out a package or two or a couple of sessions. And so that bumped up January's a bit, I think. Um, and
0: it was great. Well, in January, you made almost 8,000.
1: I was not expecting that at all based on what I had watched other people go through. So
0: yeah. it was pretty cool. Well, it sounds like you had a really managed mind around it. Like it was very intentional that you made 10 grand and it wasn't a surprise. It wasn't like, oh, I'm not sure how I did this. And I know how to recreate it. And I know that I have this in place and this in place. I have a rate increase. So then, you know, whenever you increase your rates, like there's going to be some sort of information that you're going to learn from that. And you're going to be able to evaluate, like, do I need to sell more packages? Like, what is the reason for my rate increase? Is it so that I can sell more packages and help people for longer periods of time before they have to decide if it's working for them or not? Or uh, is my goal to see less clients and have a higher rate? You know, like there's all kinds of reasons for doing it, and it's going to affect the bottom line eventually. So you'll either continually have high months and then a low month, high month and then a low month if you're selling packages, or you'll finally hit your stride and you'll know when to ask people to re up their packages so that you're controlling your cash flow at all times, mm-hmm. which is super fun. <laughs> it's not just happening to you.
1: Yeah, it's very cool. My, the management with the clients is more that the ones that have been with me for a while had the luxury of a schedule just being open and it wasn't yeah. a big deal. They could just kind of buck and, you know, you kind of say it, but some of them hear it like it's in their best interest. And some of them, I think are like, hey, whatever. But then they they can't get in for three or four weeks, and they've been used to coming every week, and so that shift is going on right now. Of oh, we need to stay on top of this and book out a ways, and that's new for me and new for them.
0: Yeah, how is that education going for your clients? Like, are they receptive to it more now that they can like see the the obvious consequence? Like, if you don't take me up on this and schedule now, like you will wait four weeks to get in. Yeah,
1: no, it's definitely, they're seeing it. I mean, my clients in the Bay area, they are really on top of things and they're very, they like to schedule themselves. They're busy people. So I think it was just a shift of not so much like belief or anything, but just like it just changed. It, all of a sudden it got busy. Like several of them said that like, wow, your calendar's just booked out. Like I had to you know plan ahead. <laughs> <guess Yeah>. <laughs> well,
0: and I just wonder too, like the benefits that that gives to your clients that they have to plan ahead like that for their health and like it's an up level for them too it's an up level for your business mm-hmm. but it's actually like a really big investment that they're making like in their time and decisions ahead of time it's like they can think their past self when their future self is reaping the benefits of that appointment for making yeah. the appointment when they did and taking that time
1: one shift i've had with packages. You know when I very first started doing it was the saving money aspect and it's you know slowly transitioned to like this is in their benefit. Mm-hmm. But now my thinking on packages is it's really a commitment to investing in yourself. And that's how I love to think about it. And I think some of my best clients that are getting so much out of the work, they view it like that too. Mm-hmm. This is an investment. This is something I want to put on the calendar regular to take care of myself. And some of them have more acute or chronic things. Some of them, I've got a couple of clients, they just really love the benefit and it's making their life better. So they want to stay on schedule, which
0: is very cool. Yeah. Who doesn't want to have a better life, right? Like who doesn't? And I think when you know that, like you know that certain clients are coming specifically for that benefit or they've said those words, Being able to talk to other clients and the words that other clients have said to you is super beneficial. So for anyone listening, like start to listen to the words that your clients say and the reasons why they continue to come back and use that language in how you sell MFR to the next person, right? Like it's so beneficial to have a better life. Like who doesn't want to buy that? I'm offering you a better life. Like, did you want to buy this or not? Just like I'm like <laughs> I'm offering you an easier business where you make more money and you're stressed out less. Like, do you want to buy that or not? <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> but people freak out and it's cuz they don't necessarily know what they're buying or it's so uncomfortable to invest in yourself because most people don't practice doing it. They don't know what that means. It seems very risky. And it's like you're pouring something into yourself. Right. Any whether that's time, rest, nourishment, exercise, body work, education, coaching, whatever it is, like you're giving it to yourself. Like who better to give that to than yourself? So I think the more we normalize investing in ourselves on all of those different planes, like the better the world will be because the happier people will be. Mm-hmm.
1: And they yeah. see the benefit. They get to. Contribute to their family more. They get to show up more. They get to work with, you know, so many people work here all the time, and you know, they run Zoom all the time, or you know, and they're just they're feeling better in their bodies, and the the thing they came in for originally is kind of you know evaporated. But you know, you're at the new levels of the healing, or you know, I get really excited when clients. The, the original thing has, you know, I like to say evaporated, it's no longer an yeah, issue, but then they're so aware of these other things that they have been tuning out for years. And, you know, I talk about it, like, it's fine if you leave it there, but it's also really cool. If you want to start working through those things too, what if you yeah. don't have those issues?
0: What else can we evaporate? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. So good.
1: And a lot of clients are pretty aware that come into my office. They're like, yeah, I've had this thing for like 20 years or I've kind of Mm -hmm. always had this thing, you know, they're not really in denial. And I love that open mindset, you know, like this has been there for a while. This could take a while. You know, I don't feel like I'm convincing too many
0: people that this is not a quick fix. This is a, an investment. Right. Well, that speaks to how you are speaking to your audience because the clients that come to you, like those are the clients you're selling to out in the world. Mm Mm-hmm right the good and the bad and so like when you're finding that you really are attracting your best fit client it's because of the work you're doing on the front end and it's it's the work you're doing in your own mindset and how you speak about what it is that you do and who you accept as a client so i want you to give yourself credit for that result because it's a huge it says a lot about how you're putting yourself out there and how you're presenting your business to the world
1: and i put a lot of thought into it before i mean i had 4 months to mm-hmm. think about all this before i could actually do it And then after you're open, you kind of continually refine, you always say what's possible. And it's really true. Mm -hmm. Like what is possible? And some of my clients, I didn't even know you could have clients that were that invested and open-minded and willing to do all of this. Mm -hmm. And I'm just blown away. I was like, I wish I was that
0: client, you know, 5, 10 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. But you have become that client in like the aspect of, I would say, you're a maximalist in the way that you used coaching for yourself, right? Like yeah. you were extremely committed to it. Okay, so you wrote down like your coaching, your biggest takeaways. So round one, and you you mentioned this earlier, was that you were introduced to the concept of what is possible and you kind of explored all of that and made modifications to what you already had set up. And then in round two, you began leveling up and being embodying the concepts, living the concepts, and then you were deciding how to integrate all of the concepts regularly. Mm-hmm. And I will say, like, I actually wasn't
1: going to sign up for a second round of coaching. And I was definitely in that group that's like, no, I can do this on my I own. I got this. Yeah. And um, I even listened to your podcast about how that's not super helpful. And I was like, whatever, I'm still going to try it. Yeah, you're like, and, I'm fine. <laughs> um, You know, I think totally I made normal. it like a week or two and I was like, oh, faltering. <laughs> you know, like, I really like the community of that group, but I think that was the same point. You did a talk right before the end of that round on what if your life was a two and not a 10, and that just blew my mind. And I was like, because I had changed it so drastically already, but then I really took your question seriously. And I was like, what if it is a two, like what would make it a 10? And the things that started coming into my awareness were really powerful and really fun. And I really wanted to make that happen and part of it was going to be a rate change. And you mm-hmm. had done the raise your rate camp, And, you know, I was pretty happy with my rate originally, but then you yeah. start realizing like, there's so much more either that I missed in the budget or things I didn't know when I opened mm-hmm. for me, it was a big one on the schedule. I didn't know how much I can handle. I had no idea, yep. but that really, there was a huge desire to level up. And so I loved the coaching container for that. But I also really wanted to get to a place where when I did step out of coaching, I really owned the things that you had introduced us to. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm in that place now. Like I think I'll still do more coaching rounds and I really enjoy being in that community and just learning so much from everyone. But I feel like I'm in a much better place of making the things we've learned really routine,
0: not routine Mm -hmm. in a bad way, but routine in a good way. Like it's just part of you. Like it just becomes part of your makeup, like how you make the decisions One of the things, like one of the concepts we talk about is taking radical responsibility for everything. Can you kind of tell people how that shows up in your practice and how maybe it was before you learned that concept? I think I was on board with
1: that concept. I just didn't have it thoroughly, if that makes sense. I didn't live it thoroughly. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I hear you ask people on your podcast is what surprised you most about the coaching Mm-hmm. and one of the things that i was not expecting to learn was how your thoughts create reality mm-hmm. and i was introduced to the law of attraction when i was a teenager and the secret when i was in 20 and i had this faith that those things really happened but it was kind of like a blind faith like oh i'm i'm sure they work you know and yes. i see it work in my life but i didn't understand how and so you break it down for us like this is exactly how your thoughts create reality and so to start Living that is very cool, both for good and for bad. Mm-hmm. You know, the things that show up. And I think I've got pretty thick skin from teaching middle school for 13 years and not a yeah. lot really bothers You're different breed right? at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing bothered. <laughs> you can tell me anything. And it's really you're not going to bother me too much. And so it was not hard. Like I didn't get all bent out of shape if I realized I was doing this one thing to myself, because it's just information. And yeah. if you can use that information and just make changes, you're just going to keep getting closer and closer to where you want to be. And mm-hmm refining that process.
0: So I don't remember what your original question was, but well, I was just saying like that concept of radical responsibility. And I think you broke it down by saying, yeah, it's like you, you learn like your thoughts, create your results, your thoughts, create your reality and how like for good or bad, how that happens. And like being okay with both kind of like both circumstances of good or bad. Yeah, no, it's so helpful. And knowing that you can, you can change just like, I like to say this, This, which can't even remember where I heard this, but like you're one thought away from everything that you want almost all the time, no matter what the circumstance is.
1: There was also something that it was like a little finesse of a concept you teach. And I think you are the one that said it originally, but it really stuck in my brain. You know, we have the model and you have the intentional model, you know, what you want to be thinking and the result you want to create, but you have the unintentional model. And there was a day where you called it the magic, you know, there's magic in the unintentional model. So I just started calling it the magic model because I didn't really like the unintentional.
0: I love that. That's so good. I might have to start adopting that. Yeah. Because
1: you kind of don't want to admit you've got the, like this other side of you that, you know, either feels whatever it feels like
0: judgy or yeah or ashamed or yeah
1: any yeah. of the things and you kind of don't really you know you already know you want that to change but you kind of delved into it i don't remember who it was with one of the other people in the group about the magic is in there because once you figure out that little glitch that's going on then you're onto it and you can make different choices and that was really helpful for me yeah, yeah. And so i'll i'll put a lot more time now into figuring out like okay let's just be honest. Like, what are you really doing and thinking or feeling? Yeah. Because that's causing the thing that you don't want, you know? And so it's really embracing that process because it's going to get you where you want
0: to go sooner. If you just kind of nicely call yourself out. Well, and this is like, this is the magic of coaching too is, well, first of all, not everybody is coachable. And I think a lot of people come into the coaching container a little uncoachable. It shows up in like being very defensive when I offer suggestions and what, and whatever. I've like just learned that that's just happens for some people. Cause we're so, I think it's just like societal, we're brought up to like defend ourselves. And if someone says we're doing something quote unquote wrong or whatever, like we get all bristly and we're like, so ashamed that we could be doing something wrong. We'll just fall on the sword for the thing that we don't even want to be happening just to be right or whatever. <laughs> So that's the opposite land of you. Like you're very coachable. Like I can say one or two things to you and you not only like take it as the concept on the surface area, but you dive into it and you're like, where is this showing up everywhere? You know, and like really playing with it. I just had an epiphany about where that's from. So that's from being a musician. Um,
1: Mm. And so when you're a musician, you take lessons, especially when you go through college and get a music degree you're in lessons every week and it's not personal. You know, you're you're playing it wrong or you haven't done this musical thing or that musical thing. Oh, I love that part where it's not personal. It's nothing's personal. It's like, oh, you need to do this with your fingers on the keys or you need to breathe here differently or let's actually like redecide how we're playing that musical passage. You get that for an hour a week, like the majority of your life as a musician. And especially if you want to be in music school and get degrees in it, and you're always critiqued. Rehearsal is always fixing things. And so that's my mindset. Like You're just making it more towards what everybody wants it to be, including yourself. Yeah, you're fine tuning it. Yeah. Yeah, So that's your life as a musician is constructive criticism all the time. And you actually in college, when you become a music teacher, one of the schools I um, applied to and interviewed at was really behavioral oriented. And they would videotape their students because music is so much like this, that music directors can be so negative. You didn't do this right, you didn't do this right, you didn't do this right, you know, because you're always fixing notes or fixing whatever. But that's like your job, right? Is to like catch all the mistakes. That's your job. But how awful is that on the receiving end as a student or a performer in that group to always hear what you're doing wrong? So you have to learn how to talk about it in a positive way. Yeah. And so when you've done so much receiving of that and then teaching and figuring out how it really is in their best interest to do this thing this other way, but you have to phrase it positively or, Mm -hmm. you know, and so, yeah, my whole life has been steeped in that.
0: So this is fun to me to hear like what I'm doing. Well, I appreciate (laughs) it because, makes my job very easy. And here's the thing, like when we use these models, this concept that I teach that I learned from Brooke Castillo by getting my certification at the life coach school, I always like to give credit back to where I learned that tool from, but when I can teach it to someone else and they can take it and not use it against themselves, like you can take it and you can see the magic of it. That is when your life gets to start changing because you get to have that control over how you show up in certain circumstances, like no matter how terrible the circumstance is. And I also teach the other concept of life being 50, 50, and you can be having a $10,000 a month. And like, maybe your mom also died, or maybe you got in a bad car accident. And like, you have a huge deductible due, like you're not even going to get to see that money, but you can, at the same time of having something really good and something bad happening, you get to decide how you experience those things
1: right i found that really helpful because i think there is so much of our society whether it's social media now or wherever you just always hear the good and i feel very blessed my friends and my community we do have real talks a lot so you really know that things are not as great as they seem all the time mm-hmm. but i think you're still conditioned by society to just the goal is to always be happy be positive, the goal yeah. is to, yeah to always have things work out and and it really doesn't and that was very freeing when you said that That, oh, even if you've achieved your goals and you're
0: headed in the direction you want to go, things are still a mix. Yeah, it's still going to be 50 50. And if you wait to feel good about your business, like say you can't feel good about it till you hit 100K, it is going to be the most miserable journey. Mm -hmm. Like, why even bother? So, like, the journey to get there is going to suck so much if you can't celebrate all of the little things and, like, kind of, laugh at yourself while you're learning, you know, like while you're evaluating things and being like, oh, I could do this differently next time or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I just love all those tools to be able to not make fun of myself, but to like, see the humanness in everything that I do. Mm-hmm. And also the humanness in all the things that I'm avoiding doing because it's uncomfortable.
1: And just have more joy through all of it. You know, yeah, you don't need to be miserable, even if it's a, you know, sometimes you have these great big light bulb moments and you're like, oh my God, I'm doing this thing that like can't comes from this other part of my life. Like, why am I doing that? Mm -hmm. But, you know, move on and make a change. There's a joy in deciding you don't want that anymore. And you're going to take steps to go in a different direction.
0: Yes, Okay. So let's talk about this. So some of the other things were your belief in yourself, your clients in MFR. And one of your thoughts was, I can help you. MFR can help you. How have you used that to increase your business and sales? Some of the things you wrote down was like, you continually revisit like rebooking, selling and service packages, objections. Like
1: These are all different concepts for me. So when I started my business, I didn't even realize you could rebook someone to come back. I don't even
0: mm-hmm. think I offered to rebook anyone for the first month, which yeah. is probably why I had to drop well, off in I don't in think July. it's natural. I don't think nobody no. says like, this is how you get your business fully booked. Like you literally right. take the clients you have and you keep rebooking them until you have new clients. Yeah.
1: Right. And that was a major light bulb moment for me because yeah. I'd never done it. But I think, you know, with the first thing I wrote that I can help you, MFR can help you. Mm-hmm. I was that client that was so frustrated and probably depressed and you know all the things that you're not yourself you know i was a big yoga person and i was very active and played all this you know music all the time and i couldn't play flute i couldn't conduct i couldn't do my yoga class like i it was so like i couldn't carry the groceries you know yeah. so it was very eye opening to be the client i mean i didn't know what being a therapist was at that point yeah. but, and so you really do you are searching for something that will just help you know? And so when I see people in that space, like sometimes I get emotional, you know, because I remember what that was like Yeah, and they are at the bottom, you know, and nothing's working and they can't, you know, help their kids or they can't, they can't show up to yeah. in the ways that they want to. And so it's very cool to have been a client and know that this helps, especially those people that nothing else has helped. But I think people crave, genuine, caring human beings on the Mm -hmm. other side of the process. And they're not used to that. And I was not used to that. You know, you go to PT and you go to the, whoever, I mean,
0: I had a great PT person, but yeah, but it's still like so prescriptive and like, you know, what do you think, what is your insurance going to cover?
1: Yeah. And it's like, how often does someone like, like I've had clients tell me after that first session, like no one listens to me, like you listened and you asked questions and That makes such an impact with them, but then to look them in the eyes and be like, I can help you. And I want to help you. Sometimes they've never heard that from anyone, anywhere that they're going. And that just, it makes me so sad, but it makes me so excited for what we do as MFR therapists.
0: Yeah. It's so good. We restore hope in people that
1: have lost it. And that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. And I think sometimes we forget in the busyness of running a business and treating and doing all the techniques, you know,
0: it's like be a human being. Well, and it's, I think we become, we become um, desensitized to it in a way, because this is just what we do all day. Uh It's if you aren't continually like remembering how almost bizarre it is, what we do and the benefits that we create, the results that we create with our clients, like it's out of this world compared to anything else and hard to explain sometimes, but we've got to remember to stay in that magic and remember like we're restoring hope. And hope is like a priceless feeling to have in your body. When you have hope, like you're unstoppable. If you have that taken away from you, it sucks. Yeah. And I don't know what all areas of the country are like, but the Bay Area is busy
1: and people are stressed and people are overscheduled. And to just have a time and space to just come in and just be and just not have to have the game face on for work or your family, or you you can just come in and just take care of yourself. Is really powerful for people.
0: Yeah, it's so good. Okay, so this is a really fun thing that Kristen did. She actually fact checked some of the things that I talk about. So I just love (laughs) this. I just love it. So she went through and she kind of, she really broke this data down. So she had packages and where her clients came from. So do you want to kind of talk about that data you have written down and like how you? figured all that stuff out. Yeah. So,
1: and it says a lot about you as a coach that you're not, you know, threatened by that. And oh, I, I knew I sent you the data like, this after is been open for six months. I was like, oh, but she's interested in this. And she
0: seems like a person not going to get her feathers all ruffled. No, I didn't even know this was possible to fact check. Like it never even occurred to me. <laughs> yeah.
1: This is a hangover from public
0: school for sure. Perfect. Great. Let's do it.
1: So you had one thing you say a lot on your podcast, at least on the early ones was you are your best referral source, you know, and I had had, you know, different mentors who are wonderful kind of tell me how their referrals worked and that sort of thing. And I was like, is that really true? I don't know where are all my clients coming from. And also it's just an investment of energy. Like I want to keep doing the things that work and the things yeah. that don't work, I'll stop doing them. So at six months, I kind of went back and analyzed all my clients and So it broke down to 38% came from online, which is like Google or search or Yelp, whatever. And, or the MFR directory was great too. And then they listed me specifically as 45%. I think that's higher because I was going through my network and my community, but some strangers, you know, that I met and talked to at events would come in. Yeah.
0: Well, also like your online presence is as good as you doing it too. Like you're not Mm -hmm. paying for ads. Like it's organic based on how you set it up. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And then referrals were 17% at that point. But I was like, well, I've created, all, to your point, I've created all of my online resources. So that's kind of me and it's there's you. me directly. Yeah. So the overwhelming majority of my clients were generated by myself, which was great. Yeah. And it was a very small amount were referrals. So fact check, true, you are your best referral
0: source. I love it. She has like true all in capitals next to that <laughs> quote. <laughs>
1: um. And then I was really curious, and I've actually been kind of surprised that I haven't heard people talking about this as much. And I think people get frustrated by it once they get into their rate and offering packages or not. And my question was like, well, my clients are gonna be a blend of some people paying full price sessions and doing one-offs or a couple, and then some are gonna be packages. And what's that ratio? Because that drastically impacts your end of your revenue yes, and how much you're bringing in. And I was like, what's that number? Like that, I need to kind of know that to set it.
0: That's why it's really important that your rate, like that your rate makes sense and it's, and it also like maths out mathematically. Yes. When yeah, so I kind
1: of got really nerdy at some point. Love it. And then I started analyzing. And so for me with my clients, tw- it hovers around 25% pay full price sessions and then 75% are packages. And right. so it'll be interesting over the next year to, do, to, to see if that holds or not. Mm-hmm. But that's that turns it into, I mean, it's a little more complicated math, but you figure it out and you can base your end of your revenue off of how much, you know, 75% of it being package rate and then 25% being full price. Mm -hmm. and then the other thing i don't know if this applies to everyone out there but you know california has really high taxes and that has to be planned for it probably has to be planned for everywhere but especially in states with really high tax rates yep and so it's not an issue i'm glad that you know our state provides the things that it does but i need to still make sure i'm making enough after taxes and so you had a great guest speaker on that that i went back and watched So I really, yeah, I wanted to make, you know, my budget as accurate as possible and how much I was coming away with at the end as accurate as possible.
0: Yeah. Do you want to tell them about like your projections for this year? Sure.
1: So since I opened, it's been 10 months now. Well, I'll say for 2022, you always like to ask people. So I made just under 52,000 in 2022 opening in May. So that's eight months. And then if I add on January and February this year, so my 10-month total is at um, just under 65,000,
0: which is... That's crazy for your first my year mind. in business, like your first 10 months in business.
1: It's so crazy. It's awesome. I I just love it. Oh, cool. So my projection, if I continue on with that, I'll make my first year in business a little under 80,000, which is very cool. But I live in the Bay Area, so that is not the goal. The goal is much higher than that. Yep. So 2023, I'd like to be over hundred thousand. And I think it's very doable. And then my 2024 goal, you had a day where you really broke down budgets. And, you know, when I hear budget, I think like needs, that's how my brain worked originally. Like, what do I need to make? Yep. And then I was like, well, there's some wants, you know, so my first rate had my needs plus a few of the wants, you know, and I was coming off a year of not really working much. So kind of locked down finances for a year. Yeah. But then you were like, well, why shouldn't you have your wants and then your dreams? What are you building towards, you know, in five or 10 years? And, you know, like, let's look at your whole life. Like you didn't say, I kind of projected some of that out from what mm-hmm. your talk was, but I came from a field where we had a pension and we had health benefits and we got raises every year and, you know, all of that's in there and teachers do make a bit of money. I mean, they're not, they don't make as much as tech, but they make mm-hmm. more than a lot of other industries. And and so it's like, well, if you start adding in all of those things, and then we love to travel, we love to go to sports games and concerts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's like, I also, I don't know, I'm probably like telling so much about your program, but you've also oh, asked us, like, what are your fears and what yeah. are your concerns? And so somebody's like, what if we have another pandemic and can't work, you know, for mm-hmm. six months? Like, we're told we can't work or, what if I break my arm or what if I, you know, what if this or that, you know? And so it's like, that's a thing in the back of my mind. And you're like, well, what can you do to erase that and create safety for yourself? I'm like, oh, like, let's just build out the budget for what uh, the what ifs. And then I know they're taken care of. And what a better way that falls into the category of what if your life was a 10? If my life was a 10, I would know that everything
0: was taken care of. Oh, you're like, this is one aspect that makes it a 10, knowing that I have yeah. really good insurance coverage or like the supreme coverage of this or that.
1: Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even, like, I don't need a life of luxury and extravagance, but I love it. But you also can if you want. Are,
0: I know my brain's starting to open to that, but it's not that good. <laughs> That's definitely something, I, a concept I introduced to you guys of like so many people. I think this is just like a human condition. Like, are okay with having just enough. And it's like, but what if you had luxurious amounts of time, luxurious amounts of money, like luxurious support in your life? What would even be your life if you had that? If we don't entertain it. Yeah, my brain has not leveled up to that. We
1: could do that someday in the future. Once I level up to that, it's more like wow, I don't have to work 90 hours a week and I actually have a weekend off. Like these are new concepts for Mm -hmm. me from being a teacher. Like you work all the time as a teacher and uh, like
0: this is luxurious (laughs) my life right now compared to before. Yeah, but that's so good because some people would have that change in hours and they would think something is wrong. That's another thing, you know, we coach on. It's like, it's safe for you to have white space in your calendar. It's safe- this maybe applies more to like PTs that are coming from corporate. It's like, it's safe for you to not see 40 patients in a week. That's safe. You can see 10 if you wanted, like, depending on your rate, there's a way to make that math out. You know, people are like, what? (laughs) Yes. New reality is so dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I really appreciate that you shared this spreadsheet with me and all the other, all of the things that you've learned. I'm gonna kind of just, the stuff in the right hand column are all of the things you've learned how to do, right?
1: You know, it was interesting when I was first going through my notebooks from the mm-hmm. two coaching sessions, I was kind of just like listing everything. And I was like, they kind of all fall into two categories and they're all related. Mm -hmm. There's all the stuff that's going on in your brain, how you think, how you perceive, how you decide. Mm -hmm. But then there's the action items. And I love that you teach both, because not all programs and coaches do, you know, and it's like, yes, you could do all the thinking, but you'd have no action. And yes, you can do all the action, but if it's not thoughtful and mindful, you're not going to go where you want. And you blend the two so well. So in answer to your question, like the left-hand column is the thought stuff, and then Mm -hmm. the right hand column is all the actions that kind of go with it
0: under authority and evaluation. So that's like kind of the brain work. And then from that, you also learned how to make decisions quickly, see how you created the results in the clients tweak actions, what worked or didn't stay on top of your brain, create policies, enforce policies. And I love this, like how would fully booked Kristen handle this? How would a hundred K Kristen handle this? Those are the questions you learn to ask yourself. And then under other business topics, there was modules, guest speakers. We had stuff where we learned SEO, taxes, copywriting, how to speak to clients in your written word. And then messaging, tell everyone you're an MFR therapist, use social media. Learning from others, anticipate what's coming so you can plan for it. Your biggest month, lower month, managing the schedule, packages, cancellations. Business isn't linear. That was such a good that was good for lots of people. And it was just something that like, I just said one day, I was like, you guys, business isn't linear, Just like, just like healing. And people are like, what, what is happening right now? The concept of the river of misery versus having rainbow BO. Yep. That's a big one. Ways to say things, the perspectives, it might take six weeks or six months and adjust and own your process. I love that. And then goals. If life is a two, Do you feel amazing at the end of your day or week? And I think those are such good questions to constantly ask yourself because that's going to change over time. Those are the
1: two that just blew my mind because teachers don't like, you just know when you sign up for the field, you're not going to feel great and you're going to be overworked and you're going to be underpaid and you're going to all these things.
0: Do you think people really say that to themselves though? Like we get told that in school. I mean, you get told by like, you must be thinking like, but not me, like I'm going to be, I'm going to be different. Yeah,
1: when you're like your first year teacher, and then yeah. that evaporates about the first, you know, second day of school.
0: You're oh, like, so oh. sad. I always wanted to be a teacher when I'm living my best teacher lifestyle now, like having this board behind me and a big marker. Yeah, you are. No, it's really. And I even think I
1: had professors in music school that were amazing teachers that almost try to talk you out of it because it's so hard and so demanding that if you don't just love it, you're not going to make it. Yeah. You know, so no, that it never even enters your consciousness to be like, oh, what if I
0: felt amazing? Like, that's not in the reality. <laughs> so that's been so fun to think about. Like, I wonder, like, your decision making process, like, if you went back and you became a teacher now with, like, you know how to do mind management, like, you know how to, you just know how to operate differently.
1: I think it would be improved, but I wouldn't put it in the... There's just too much. You just have... Yeah. Two, I had 350 students. And when I taught high school, I had 60 events. But you'd probably say no more. Like you'd know how to say no more. Yeah, but some of you can't say no. I think that's partly why I left the educational system is because there was no way to make the two compatible. Got it. With I mean, stuff compatible with life. <laughs> yeah, schools have changed. And I'm also not a person that can just... Turn a blind eye or just right. not do the thing, you know? And so yeah. I really care and I really like to meet expectation. Yeah. And there's just too much placed on teachers now and, and on schools. They're doing the job of communities and families. Yeah. Also, it's, cra- it's crazy. It's crazy. And I love I, a special place in my heart for all of the teachers. So several of them come and see me. And I was like, I'll fit you in anytime because I believe in what you're doing so much.
0: Yeah. I love that so much. Okay, I'm just going to go over these last few things under your goals. Like, so we said goals. What if life is a two? Do you feel amazing at the end of your day and week? And you learned how to manifest goals. You've learned the concept of the lag between the thought work and it showing up in your actual business, how to touch your facts. The quicker you let go of things that don't fit, the quicker new results show up. So good. And then always be revising your goals, your schedule, your budget, and create safety for the things you worry about. Celebrate your goals and live your best life. That gives me goosebumps
1: does so and you're good. making that happen for so many people Heather oh, you're make me cry <laughs> and it's it's just so exponential it's that you help us and then we help other people it's like you're changing the world you know and you're wow. helping us change the world and you know it's just our our community and our people that we get to work with but that times all the MFR therapists everywhere is doing such good for society and
0: people in need It's wonderful well I love it so much I love being like a little piece of that ripple effect that we have out You're the,
1: the pebble that's creating the. ripple. <laughs>
0: I'll, be, I'll be the poop. I'm the poop. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. All right. Is there anything else you would want to tell people about your experience or about coaching? Like, what would you say to people that are, that are you back in the beginning of last year when you were just listening to the podcast? Like you're on the podcast now. Like, did you ever well, think that would happen?
1: No, no, never even. And then when you tried to get me to do it earlier, I didn't want to do it. I
0: was, <laughs> I was like, like, that's Kristen, not me. What's <laughs> happening?" Like, let's just talk. And you're like, "Nope, not ready. Not ready.
1: It's not me. I'm not there yet. I still don't feel that's there so yet. Funny. I think, you know, me back then, it's like, yes, you're going to make your money back. Yes, everything in the group is going to help you and affect you. Even if you've already done the thing that's being talked about, it's, it's all helpful. And then I think something you said once is really helpful too, that, it's not that we couldn't do and learn these things on our own. It's just that it compresses the time. Yeah. So it could take you 10 years to work through all these things, or you could go all in double down and do it so much faster. And you just get through all the painful parts faster. You get through all the growth faster and you get to be living what you want to be living so much sooner.
0: Yeah. And you get to like, Yeah. You just collapse time for how long it takes you to have a $10,000 a month. And then once you learn how to do that, you can do it over and over and over again. Yeah. It's amazing. Whenever you want, you know how to make money. So the answer is yes. If you're thinking about doing it, you should totally do it. (laughs) You should do it. Come on and join us. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm very proud of you. I love being your coach you're so coachable. And it, and I think too, like, this is inspirational. These results are very inspirational and also like lots of people are able to do this. So it's not like unattainable. And when you were thinking like, Oh, I, my goal is to create a $10,000 a month. And it seems so far away. Did you still believe it was possible for you? Or did you think that like, it was less people were doing that than were like swimming in the river of misery and not making that kind of money.
1: No, it's totally possible. I just thought it was going to take a lot longer. Yeah. Cause I can see the math of it and you know, the people are going to come in. I also live in a very populated area and Mm -hmm. everyone I know is injured. I mean, I don't know if that's from being a musician also, but everyone's, everyone's in pain everywhere. (laughs) They just hide it really well, you know?
0: So it's like, there's no shortage of clients. So it's literally just a matter of time. I love those thoughts. There's no shortage of clients. Like these are thoughts that everybody listening can borrow. There's no shortage of clients, no matter where you live. You don't have to live in San Francisco in order to have that thought. Like I live in a one-stop light town. My business has been closed for years cause I have been the MFR coach now for over two years. What is happening? I get calls weekly still from people trying to get in with me. Like they are looking like someone needs to move to this area and take over my old business. Like you, you will be rich. But like there's enough people everywhere and like you said, there are people in pain every anywhere and everywhere. You just don't always know. So always be offering to help people because Mm -hmm. and if for some reason they think they're not, they know someone who is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, keep going. I will love when you decide to come back, but I'll be in touch. We do alumni coaching and so like everybody who has ever coached with me like once you become an alumni like i do offer free coaching every so often and we just get together and we all coach for like an hour or two however much free time i have and we catch up and check in and see how everybody's doing and it's fun i can't wait yeah tell everybody how they can find you
1: pacific myofascial release my website is pacificmfr.com and then i'm on facebook and instagram i will probably never have a podcast (laughs) fine. <laughs> never say never. All of you who do, because I love consuming them. Um, but yeah, just specific myofascial release. And I'd love to hear from people. I've actually reached out to some of the people that did podcasts with you before, and it's fun to kind of chit chat and, you know, I'm a big community oriented person. And mm-hmm. I love that, that we, I have friends now all around the country that are MFR therapists and yeah, you know, it's it's great. That's so cool.
0: Okay. And if anyone's curious, you can always hop over to my website, the and click on the therapist network tab. And then you can see Kristen right there. She's got a, her beautiful pictures on there and a link to her website. If you want easy access and you don't remember her URL for some reason. So go follow her over on Instagram and we'll probably have to have you back as a follow-up guest in six months to a year and see how you're doing. I'm sure I will get nervous. (laughs) I will seek you out. That's all right. We'll get sweaty together. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. And I'll be back next week with another episode. See y'all later. Bye. Thanks for joining me today. My goal is to help all MFR therapists stop under earning and burning out. I have several resources available for you. Read my book, The MFR Coach's Guide to Having Your Own MFR Business available on Amazon and at Advanced John Barnes MFR Seminars. Keep listening to the podcast. I'll always have fresh content each and every week. Join my group coaching program. Enrollment opens four times per year. We take all the information I teach and lay down the foundation for your six-figure MFR business. It's more than just raising rates, but you'll make that the hardest part. Then expand into the business owner who delivers your rate like it's just the news and who can sell MFR to anyone in any situation. I'll show you how. Get on my email list, follow me on social media at The MFR Coach, and visit my website for more information on group enrollment, themfrcoach.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.